This is because I want to. Hello, and welcome back to Because I Want To, where we talk about whatever it is we want to. I'm Sarah. I'm Lindsay. And we have returned to you from a long drought of (laughs) material. (laughs) (laughs) A long hiatus. So we're back to fucking amateur hour. Yes, we were both talking about how we haven't done this in so long. We don't really remember how to do it. (laughs) I, like, lost my mic for a while. I lost my, like, computer charger. I lost my earbuds. Like, it's been a whole thing. It really has. So, uh, how's life? Well, (laughs) I'm back in the country after my week and a half long honeymoon turned into a two week long honeymoon, pretty much. Yes, regale me with your travels and issues. (laughs) So first of all, our trip was like really good. We did the like ring road road trip around Iceland. So you'd like drive around and you see like glaciers and like mountains and like all kinds of cool shit. So that was really cool. And we tried to, you know, the um, volcano that's like erupting there right now. Mm -hmm. We tried to hike to it. But we, oh my god, it's like a grueling hike. It's like an hour and a half, and it's up a mountain. I don't care for that. It's up a mountain, and part of it was like really hard and like steep. So we like climb up there, and it's shitty weather. Like it's raining, and it's cold, and it's windy. And we get up there, and it's just fog. So we like don't get to see the volcano at all. I feel like that must happen fairly often. Have you seen, it's kind of been a trend that people are like, I hiked four days to see Machu Picchu or whatever, and then this was my view, and it's just fog. Yeah, I mean, Mother Nature sometimes a cruel bitch like that, Mm -hmm. you know? She's like, you got your exercise, be happy with that. You don't need the scenery. Yeah, so we tried. Um, Probably the coolest thing we did was we... It was this excursion that was called a glacier walk. So I kind of thought it was like you would just walk up to the glacier and you would like walk on top of it and it would be mellow. But it was like Mm -hmm. kind of an intense hike. Like we had to put on those like ice things on your feet. Like they call them crampons on your boots. Yeah, I was going to say, don't they sound like tampons? Crampons. (laughs) We had helmets. We had like ice picks that we didn't really need but then you like go and you are like hiking in the glacier like up it with like the ice all around you and the volcanic ash so like that was really cool that's exciting Mm -hmm. so (laughs) we had like a week and a half where we were adventuring around and then we're like okay it's time to go home and so we go to the airports and we they wouldn't let us out of the country because Brock is a Canadian citizen. He's not a U.S. citizen. And he mm-hmm. doesn't have a green card. He has a visa. He's here on a work visa. Mm-hmm. And normally, when you travel, all you need is that visa to come home. Um, but, like, mm-hmm. in these COVID times, there's this newish regulation where if you're not a U.S. citizen and you go through this list of countries and Iceland is one of them you cannot 
go back to the U.S. unless you are like married to a U.S. to married to a U.S. citizen, and you have your marriage certificate like with you. I feel like <laughs> what's like what's the point of that? They just really don't want non-U.S. citizens to go to the United States right now, even though he lives and works here. Like, who carries their marriage certificate around with them? <sighs> so we went to the airport, and there was, it was this whole thing. And they're like, okay, we'll reschedule you to fly out in two days so you can have your marriage certificate with you. Or if you don't have that, you have to get a waiver from the U.S. embassy in the country that you're in. So you have to, like, talk to the embassy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so did you get yours like faxed or did you go to the embassy? Okay. So we, <laughs> we were at the airport. It was like nine in the morning and they're like, well, can you get your certificate? And we're like, it's fucking four in the morning in Oklahoma right now. Like our plane's boarding in an hour and a half. Like how are we supposed to get this? But so we couldn't make that flight. We contacted our dog sitter and she was awesome. She found it. She fa- she didn't fax it. She like scanned it and like emailed it to us. So we had that. We talked to United. We talked to the embassy. We're like, we have everything we need, right? And they're like, yeah, you're good. You have the certificate. Like, you're fine. So we're like, okay. And that was when we had our volcano our volcano hike day because we weren't originally going to do that but we had an extra day so we went and did that so then we go back to the airport two days later on our rescheduled flight and they're like to Brock they're like your visa is weird we have to like look into your visa and we're like oh my fucking god (laughs) they're not gonna lose like out of the country I He's Canadian. It's not like mm-hmm. it's right next door, guys. Like it, 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 you can still just visit the U.S. right now, can't you? You can go on vacation to the United States right now. I don't. Canadians can, yeah. But I guess it's this like presidential proclamation, like from Biden, that if you are coming from like one of these countries in the European, have you heard of this? It's like European Shenzhen Union or something that your visa is not good no. enough. I... <laughs> oh, okay. So okay. anyways, we're at the airport. They're looking sideways at his visa because it's like handwritten, which I guess is not unusual for Canadians because we have an agreement like with Canada because we're like besties. But for Iceland, they're like, oh, that looks weird. So they're like, we have to call U.S. Customs and Border Patrol to verify this. And we could hear back in five minutes or we could hear back in four hours. I get like this stuff is important, but like he's married to a U.S. citizen. So like you, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, no. Well, and I'm very laid back. I don't like conflict. But at that point, I was like, <laughs> I was talking to the head of security at United. And I was like, look, we were here two days ago. Like, we could have figured this out yesterday. Like, why are you waiting to figure this out? Like when we're here, they're like, we, we can rebook you for tomorrow. And I was like, no, we were already rebooked two days later. <laughs> I <sighs> it was so yeah, stressful. But- you don't know, mm-hmm. like, 
We're like, are we going to leave the country? Like, this is now getting to the point where it's impacting my job. I had to tell my boss, I'm sorry, I know I was supposed to be back today, but like, I can't be there. <laughs> yeah, I get like really mad with things like that because people are very cavalier with other people's time and money. Like, it's like, oh, you can't leave. I'm like, okay, so are you going to reimburse me mm-hmm. for the fact that I have to pay to stay here for another two days? I'm going to miss two days yeah. of work that you don't know if I have those sick days or what. Like, Yeah, and like I said, we had called United. We called the embassy. They're like, it's fine. We had an extra day where we could have figured it out. And they, it wasn't until we got to the airport and they were like, no, we need to wait potentially four hours to let you through. So was it customs or was it United in particular being it was united security i guess i didn't really think about the fact that it's like the airline security who are really deciding like who gets through and that mm. and they all seem pretty young <laughs> I have feelings They're about like that. young people who are like checking us through <laughs> like i feel like a corporation should not be the one deciding that yeah Especially because all of the airlines right now are a fucking disaster. Have you seen all the stuff with American Airlines? No. What's going on? Oh, my God. It's just, like, they, workers keep, like, just not working because everyone's treating them like shit. And flights aren't happening. And people are getting trapped. And it's just I did notice, like, the head of security looked like she was maybe 25. And the people checking us through looked like they're in their early 20s. And I was like, this must be an awful job for these like young people to be in charge of this yeah ma'am what a time to be alive (sighs) let me tell you so we were afraid after the two-day delay we'd be delayed again but they heard back from u.s border patrol they cleared us and we made our flight with like 10 minutes to spare like it was so stressful I have no time for that. No time for that. But I was very riveted during oh that story. Oh, my God. I've never been so stressed when traveling where they're like, you can't leave the country. Imagine being at the airport. They're like, you can't go. And then you're like, OK, we have to, like, find a place to stay. We have to, like, find a car to rent. <laughs> like, I have to talk to my boss. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, Iceland doesn't really have a lot of public transit. Like, uh, they have some buses, but that's, like, pretty much it. So, Yeah. That just shows, well, and, like, while we were there, things were changing with COVID because their cases are going up. And when we went initially, we didn't have to present a negative test. But three days after we arrived, you have to start doing that. And people reinstated the mask policies while we were there. So things were, like, in motion. It's really stressful. Uh Like, this whole... I mean, there's precedence for how this is going to go, and I, I don't think it's going to be good. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think we're going to be doing any more international traveling for the next, like, two years until we potentially move to Canada and I become a Canadian citizen and people don't question us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Are you going to become a Canadian citizen? Mm-hmm. That's the plan. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll move to Canada. You should. Oh, my God. You should. Teachers make a lot more money there. I mean, there's nothing to stop me. That's, like, the best part about being single. Do it's like, it. There's literally nothing to stop me. Do it. Well, what have you been up to the past two weeks? Two weeks since we've talked. What have I been doing for two weeks? <laughs> um, I house sat for my parents. 
um which was actually like really nice my parents have a pool so i just like went out and chilled every day got really sunburned (laughs) um hung out with julia and her kids which is nice so that was good um what else have i been doing really not that fucking much um i've seen a couple other friends i started going to the gym again this is how i know my antidepressants are working for you do you want to know a negative side effect of antidepressants? <laughs> At least for me. Um, so I'm an anxiety cleaner. Mm-hmm. Like, I clean to deal with my anxiety. But my anxiety has not been that bad. Do you want to know how dirty my house is? <laughs> because <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know that this is a good side effect. No, that's a good thing. I know. I feel like I like that it's a very visual cue of how you're doing. Yeah, my therapist was like, so how does your depression feel? And I was like, I don't know how else to describe this to you outside of it feels like a saran wrap. It's just like around that part of my like brain. It's like, I know it's there. I can feel it. But there's like, you know, a little layer where it's not so overwhelming. glad. Yeah, so that's been good. Otherwise, I really haven't been up to that much. I've been doing some training stuff for school. Um, otherwise, just like chilling. I rewatched all three seasons of Penny Dreadful. Okay. So there's that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I haven't been up to that you much. Have a new look. Tell the people. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, di- I got a nose ring. Um,. I dyed my hair again. Yeah. Exciting stuff. It's very green. I highly recommend the Lime Crime dyes, although it stains everything that it touches. I will tell you that. I've heard good things about Lime Crime. Yeah. So I will. It was interesting. When I got my hair dyed at the salon, it like came off onto my pillowcase. Mm -hmm. And this hasn't been doing that. Mm Like, it hasn't been, like, rubbing. But it did, like, rub off. It rubs off onto my skin. So, like, the back of my neck. I have to keep, like, Meissler watering because <laughs> it keeps turning green. But outside of that. Yeah, I think it takes a while of, like, washes for it to kind of mm-hmm. clear out. It, It's very vivid. Uh-huh. It's a vivid very color. Very witchy. Yo, I've embraced the witch mm-hmm. vibes. Like, that's just what I'm going for. Yeah. I've, like, realized the thing I was, I bought a bunch of, like, new dresses, and I was trying them on, and I have a bunch of t-shirts from Wicked Clothes, which are all, like, paranormal and, like, ghost stuff, and I was, like, trying it on with my new dresses, and I was, like, really feeling a certain aesthetic. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what? And I'm here for Halloween that. Halloween is not that far away. Yeah, normally I don't ex- get excited for Halloween, and I'm really excited about I Halloween I always this year. get excited for Halloween. We should have, well, obviously we'll do spooky month on the podcast because, you know, oh my God, fucking, yo, yo, do you know what today is? Is it our one year anniversary? Today, really? I just looked at the date. It is. This is one year from our first time we uploaded. Oh, I didn't know that. That's crazy. I was just thinking it's weird how we've gotten to the point where we can say last year for Halloween, we did spooky month. Yeah, man. Look at us sustaining Mm -hmm. a side hobby. Yeah. Like, look at us deciding to do something. We did it for an entire (laughs) fucking year. I can't say any other hobby I've had I've sustained for this long. 
yeah, no, we're not those people. We don't do no. that. But look at us. Usually I kind of jump from thing to thing. And I think the key for us is to make it like easy and fun. And if we don't post anything for a couple weeks, that's fine. Because it has to be easy and yeah. fun. <laughs> I think it also helps that this is how we keep in touch with each other. Mm-hmm. Because we really don't say that much about our lives to each yeah. other outside of this. <laughs> like a lot of what we Snapchat each other and stuff is just me like rambling garbage about like whatever i'm watching on tv it's not a lot of like life stuff so i think this is partially why and a good example of that is me telling you're like when are you coming back to the u.s and i'm like i can't leave iceland they won't let me leave the country and you're like why and i'm like i'll tell you on the podcast (laughs) yeah literally i was talking to the mo and i was like so Lindsay got like trapped in iceland and she was like why and i was like i don't know (laughs) i have to create the suspense (laughs) i was like i'll find out tomorrow (laughs) that you know (laughs) yeah but yeah it's been it's a fun way to like keep in touch for sure it really is well, we've been rambling for like 20 minutes. <clears throat> Should we introduce our topic? <laughs> We're doing books and their movie adaptations. Yeah, man, I even made a list. It took me a hot second to like find books that I've like movies that I've also read the uh-huh. books. But I did make a list. I did. I, I did too, but I always do. I do not always do. We know you're the more prepared person out of the two of us that's how i function that is if i didn't i just be like i i can't improvise i just can't do that (laughs) this was made very apparent to me when we studied abroad okay so me and Lindsay studied abroad in london and academics in england are very different than academics they are here so basically your grade in a class at least where we were taking classes pretty much culminated in one paper Mm -hmm. so we like didn't do anything <laughs> for like an entire quarter. <laughs> and then we had like a panicked two days where we wrote these papers. And I remember looking over to you and I was like, what are you doing? And you were like outlining <laughs> and like all these things. And you were like, what are you doing? And I was like, stream of consciousness, baby. <laughs> Just coming out. <laughs> yeah. I'm a very structural thinker that way. I'm not at all. At all. But anyway, all right, well, do you have a first book-to-movie adaptation that you would like to discuss? So at first I thought we would just talk about YA books, and then we opened it up a little bit. But when I was thinking in terms of YA, I thought, (laughs) let's move away from the Hunger Games, because we've talked about that for, like, ages now. (laughs) I mean, I did put the (laughs) Hunger Games on my list, because I could talk about it Oh, I meant Harry Potter. Did I say Hunger Games? Oh, I meant let's move away from Harry Potter and talk about Hunger Games. Excellent. I'm along with that. I was like, I don't think we've <laughs> talked about the Hunger Games that much. It's like two wires in my brain being crossed. and I'm not used to doing this in like two weeks. I know. Has it only been two weeks? It feels, it feels like it's been a month. Mm-hmm. That's time, man. But anyway, okay. So the Hunger Games. Um, I think that it is one of the better book-to-movie adaptations that there are. Uh-huh. I really love the books. I enjoyed the movies. I thought the first movie was really strong, but I remember loving the second book and then watching the movie and, like, not being wowed by it, though. 
I think there were some things in the first and second books that were really hard to translate to film because I remember reading them and being like, I don't really know what that would look like. Uh (laughs) Like I remember in the first book when it's like at the very end of the games and they're like fighting um, and they're, you know, her and Peta are on top of whatever they're on top of. And there's those animals. And in the books, the animals had like the faces Mm -hmm. of all of the dead tributes on them. And I was like, I don't know what that would look like. So I wasn't shocked when they kind of nixed that Uh in the movies. Because I thought, like I, in the book, I understand that it added like an aspect of horror and like, you Uh know, just grotesque awfulness. But yeah, I couldn't visualize it. I think if they had tried to do that in the movie, it would have been maybe just too strange coming across bordering on like cheesy instead Mm -hmm. of scary. Yeah. But I think a, the casting was really Mm -hmm. good in the movies. And also I think they did a really nice job with Katniss because in general, Katniss is not a super likable character. Mm -hmm. She's not very personable. She's not very warm, but it makes sense for someone who grew up in District 13. You know, that's kind of mm-hmm. how you would be, I think. Like, I tend... I agree. I tend to really like characters like that, that, you know, the author's not trying to endear them mm-hmm. to you. Um, she, like, she is what she is, and I think that kind of translated into the movies. Like, she's very standoffish. Um, she was very concerned about, like, her survival and not necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, everybody around her, but at the same time sympathetic so i like that um i don't know that the movies did as good of a job as like completely massacring gail as a character i'm trying to remember how was he massacred in the book he wasn't really around that much in the book i thought he so in like the end spoilers obviously um (laughs) at the end of third book and the fourth movie um he kills her sister (laughs) what yeah so he is the one who like plans that attack on the capitol Uh and her sister is there doing like emergency services Uh and she gets like blown up Oh, but he doesn't kill her she dies as a result of his plan Yeah. yeah but that's how katniss would see it and he's, like, very unforgiving about it. He doesn't, like, feel bad about it at all. He's just like, this is war. Oh, shit. Like, I remember in the books being, like, furious. Like, I remember getting there and being like, fuck you. Like, yeah. how, like, I was never one that, like, wanted them to end up together. Like, I, but that really, like, she did a nice job of, like, cinching it and being like, no. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah, that just shows, like, how differently they both think about things. Because for Katniss, I think she never really thought about the political side. Like, she kind of was forced into being the Mockingjay. Not forced, but, like, kind of fell into it. And she more Yeah, she always was liked, focused on surviving. Yeah, she more surviving. liked people. And if she didn't like a person, then she didn't want to, like, support them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Gail and her, I think, just think very differently. I agree. Um, but yeah, I think that's one of the better mm-hmm. book to movie adaptations that there are. 
Yeah, they're pretty solid. And I think all four movies are pretty good. I would say The mm-hmm. Weak Link is the second one, which is interesting because that was like my favorite book out of the three. I think there was a lot in that book that was hard to translate to film. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember reading how she like blows up the arena and stuff in the book, and I don't know that I actually really visualize what that would look like. Mm-hmm. And so when they did it in the movie, I was like, oh, I guess that is what she did. But in the book, it made it sound so much more, like, grandiose and uh-huh. things. So I think there was, like, a disconnect there. I just love the idea that there's a Hunger Game. It's like an all-stars season of Survivor. A Hunger Games where you have all the winners mm-hmm. against each other, and they've all won for different reasons. Like, you have BT, who's, like, really smart. And you have, like, Finnick, who's good with his trident, but he's also, like, really charming and, like, I don't know. I loved mm-hmm. all the characters in that one. Yeah, they did introduce a lot of, like, really varied characters in that. And it gave you a really good understanding of, like, how you never really escape the, like, awfulness of it all. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you win, it's... It's the system, you know, man. It's life. It's the system. Yeah. The system, man. I'm going to have to edit out so much background noise in this. I can't stop moving around. I always have to edit out background noise for me with my air conditioning. And last episode, Harry Potter Part 2, was so hard to edit because I didn't have my mic. I was just using my computer mic. So there's a lot of, like, (laughs) apologies to you all listening, volume regulation issues and stuff like that. Where I was like, oh, it took me a while to edit that one. (laughs) Oh, man. All right, so my first one I wrote down um, is Game of Thrones. Yes, let's. (laughs) Okay. I feel like we do a whole episode about Game of Thrones itself. Yeah, maybe at some point we should. Mm -hmm. Um, But so we both read Game of Thrones before it was a TV show. Yeah, we were in college, and I think you had started reading them. Mm -hmm. And you're like, this series is really, really good. And I started and I read the first book and I was like, I don't know about this. And then 70% of the way through, I was like, I'm in. I'm so into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Game of Thrones, it takes you a solid like 400 pages to understand what the fuck is happening. Like you just have, I mean, that's a lot of high fantasy like, you have to commit to the fact that you're not going to understand what's going on for a while. And get invested um, like Game into of it in particular. and care about it. Yeah. And just mm-hmm. be sold that it's going to be worth it in the long run. That's, yeah, the hard part. So I think the thing with the show is the books are so complex and there's so many characters and there's so many subplots and you never know if a subplot is actually going to matter to the main plot. Like, sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they just kind of peter out and it's whatever. Um, there was no way that you were going to be able to translate all of that to the show. Yeah. Like, it just wasn't doable. Um, but that being said, the show, for the most part, obviously the ending was not great. <laughs> um, but the show, for the most part, was so good. Yeah. You know what's weird is... To think about when Game of Thrones was on, it was such a cultural force. Everyone talked about it. Everyone. Mm -hmm. And when it ended, it just disappeared. 
Yeah, because people, I think part of it was people were so upset with the ending of uh-huh. it. Like, I've heard a lot of people, I have no issue necessarily with how, like, what happened to some of those characters, but I think there wasn't enough buildup for what that ending was. Like, there wasn't enough time, again, spoilers, for Danny's character to just, like, completely unravel. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. There... And you know what bothered me? Uh-huh. Do you remember how much we used to obsess about who John's parents yeah. were? Like, okay, so this was before the show. This was always a question uh-huh. in the books. Because in the books, it never got answered. Right. Um, And we would, like, obsess about it. I read a college-level paper <laughs> about who his parents were. Like, it had, like, text evidence and all of these things. They were right, by the way. Hmm. Um, But in, that was such a reveal in the, like movie in the show god um but then in the end it didn't matter yeah i'm trying to think if it did matter in what way just it only mattered in the way that i think john was kind of repulsed by the idea of being with danny and that added to yeah, his yeah it kind of drove them apart yeah it added to his kind of disillusionment of her and her being kind of like the savior that swoops in and kind of saves their kingdom um but yeah i kind of wanted him to have a claim to the throne like that would have been kind of cool mm-hmm. although i do like the idea of danny being in charge and i do agree with you that the way it ended i don't think was so far-fetched i think it was the way it was kind of written and that everything was so rushed in that last season mm-hmm. like I thought, I always thought in the books that in the end, Bran was going to die. Uh-huh. Like, I always thought that that's what was going to happen to him. Yeah, it didn't really make sense that Bran turned down being the king of Winterfell for so many reasons. He was like, oh, I'm not here to be a ruler. I'm above that, being the eye of the crow or whatever. And then he's like, I'm going to be the king in King's Landing. Didn't really, it wasn't really consistent with his character. <laughs> Yeah, I remember getting really mad watching the final and just being like, oh, so the answer in all of this is democracy? <laughs> like, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't thought about all this in a while. And the whole White Walker thing wasn't really answered. Yo. We don't really know about the king, the White Walker king and like who he was. Yo, can we talk about, so they build this shit up and they build it up and they build it up. And then at the end, it didn't fucking matter. Like, why was the end of it all, like, again, spoilers, (laughs) killing Danny and like all that shit. The end should have been fighting the White Walkers. Because the whole time they build this up as the real fucking threat. Right. Like you. And then they, it wasn't. You think. This whole squabbling over the throne, like all these people fighting over it is, you know, not going to matter with the apocalypse basically bearing down on them. And then that was kind of squashed and it went Mm -hmm. back to the throne thing. Yeah. And I just, I hated that. Uh Uh-huh. 
Like, I thought that should have been the culmination of everything. Like, I was completely fine with Arya killing the Night King. Mm -hmm. Like, that was awesome. Yeah. But that should have been the end. You know, I read part of an interview with George R.R. Martin, like, relatively recently. And I guess he regrets not staying ahead of the show because he would have... His ending was going to be different, I think. I always thought that he worked with the writers and producers to like kind of tell them what was going to happen. But he implied that his resolution was different than what would have happened in the show. I don't know how different. I guess we'll never know because he's never going to finish writing those books. Yeah. And my thing with like the books, the first three, amazing. You get to the third book is everything. The third book's the third amazing. Book is- everything do you remember do you remember the shock of the red wedding when you were reading yes like i remember going back like eight times and i was like that did not just happen because you've spent so many hours investing in these characters and then it makes you realize like they're not supernatural they're just in this world like everyone Mm -hmm. else and they're as vulnerable as everyone else um but then, like, the fourth book came out, and it lost me, and I stopped reading after that one. Yeah, so the fourth and fifth book, not all of the characters were present in them. So the fourth book was, like, a lot of the, like, eh characters yeah. that, like, they're important to plot movement and everything, but they're not your favorite. And then the fifth book was all of the favorites. And I think that really, like, turned a lot of people off. Well, the fourth book... It doesn't include a lot of the main characters from the first three, and it introduces a bunch of new ones. The Sand Vipers of Dorne, who are fine. Mm -hmm. They're not really that important, though, in the grand scheme of things, to have a whole book that's really kind of focused around them. Yeah, their, like, big thing was that they killed a, like, princess. Yeah. Marcella. Yeah. Marcella, whatever her name was. Yeah. Oh, Game of Thrones. You know what bothered me? was before Rob dies, he makes John his heir. And it was like a big oh, thing yeah. in the books. Because his mom gets really pissed about it. And she's like, he's, you know, not your full brother or whatever. And he's like, no, he is my brother. He's my heir. And then it's never fucking addressed again. Yeah. And I always thought that that would come up later. There were a lot of things that were never important again, like Arya being able to change her faces. Like, that could have been really cool. Mm-hmm. I did like the scene where she killed all of the phrase, though. Yeah. That's a great scene. That was cool. It's very satisfying in my soul. So Game of Thrones, I would rate the HBO adaptation the first several seasons as being pretty good. And then, like everyone else, mm-hmm. the last season could have been better. Yeah. If we exclude the last season, I'd give it, like, a nine. I th- If we include it, she drops. I think if they had taken the last season and developed it into maybe two seasons, it would have been better received. Yeah. Like, I was totally fine with the concept of Danny like, slowly devolving into, like, everything that had happened to her ancestors, yeah. which was insanity. But there just wasn't enough buildup for me to think that that was her outcome that quick. There were, looking back on it, 
little hints along the way. Like, do you remember when she was in some city and she locked some dude in a safe with his with her servant who was his lover? Like she caught them together and then locked them in a safe and just left them in there to die in the book. I have zero recollection of that, but she was brutal. She she did that. And then she crucified all those slave owners along her route Mm -hmm. to Westeros, which is like kind of brutal. And then she also, when she got to King's Landing, she burned people alive when she didn't really need to. So there were hints, but I think it needed to be more because by that time we had learned to kind of, we kind of, I don't know, liked her more than that. So we needed more. Yeah, they really built her up as this like savior character. You really related to her. You really liked her. And I needed more to accept (laughs) what she became, I suppose. I do love the moment. (laughs) I think it's really good, though. When John is having his moral quandary over whether to support Danny or not, and he asks her, you know, she's like, I'm the people who are bad, I'll take care of or whatever. And he's like, how are you going to know that they're bad? And she's like, I'll know. Basically implying she's not going to, like, take anyone's counsel. She's just going to decide herself. And then that's when he's like, oh, shit, I have to, like, assassinate her. (laughs) It's the same. What he does to her is literally exactly the same as to what Katniss does to Coin. Yes. At the end of yes. the last Hunger Games. Where you're like, oh my god, you are the enemy now. Because you think you're yeah. above everyone else. You supersede what mm-hmm. other people think. It's actually exactly the same. Yeah. Now that I think about it. Can we, that moment in the third book of the Hunger Games... When Katniss, she's supposed to shoot her arrow, I think, at President Snow, and then she turns and shoots Coin. That part was fucking bonkers. Yes, (laughs) yes. I remember reading that and being like, (laughs) yes. She's a dictator in the Mickey. Can you imagine having that big of balls to do what Katniss did in front of everyone? I, I hundred. (laughs) Here's the thing. Here's the thing, friend. I would have been the first person killed in the Hunger Games. Same. 100%. I would have been like, take me now. I don't have the strength for this. It'd be like, uh, strife and systemic oppression can't deal. Yeah. I mean, I probably, if we're talking like my realistic health issues in that world, I never would have fucking made it out of the gate. No, because they just, they had... I think District 13 was the poorest district, and they had, like, their bread, mm-hmm. and Katniss became such a good um, marksman because she had to to support her family to, like, shoot game and stuff. Yeah, man. Okay. Game of Thrones. Which character do you think had the best character arc? Let's see. I'm thinking of, like, the major characters at the end. Definitely not the Lannisters. Which I was also disappointed in their end. That was a little... Right. Uh-huh. Jamie could have been great. Um, uh, I mean, Danny's kind of like the great downfall, which is kind of cool. John, maybe. I don't know who else I would even pick. Minus Sansa. 
Sansa's okay. She's the most realistic, I think. I think he, they just did such a nice job of her evolving from this, like, whiny, privileged, uh-huh. just has no idea girl into this hardened, life has just literally devoured you and shit you back oh out my God. person. And I loved her by the end. And I remember reading those books and hating every chapter I had to read with her that she was the main character. Um, And even in the books, by the point that he had written up to, she'd completely shifted and she was one of my favorites. She definitely is interesting because, yes, when she's younger, she doesn't seem that interesting. And... Oh, my God. She does go through a lot, like with Littlefinger, who's a total creep. And then her whole ordeal with Ramsay, which was like so Mm -hmm. fucked up. Mm -hmm. And then she becomes the the queen of Winterfell, which is or the queen of the north. Right. Really. And I love that she at the end of everything, like that was who she advocated for. And she never gave up on that point. Mm hmm. Like she was like, I am here for the people of the North. That who's who I'm advocating for. I don't care about anybody else. <laughs> like these are my people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she definitely went through a lot, and I do think, out of every character, probably she's the most realistic in what I feel like I would have been like in that situation. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love the moment where they kill Litter- Littlefinger. Yeah. So satisfying. How? I was just like, yes. Creepy. Yes. Was that whole thing. I remember thinking how interesting the book was getting at that point with all the pieces Littlefinger was kind of setting up with in terms of like power Mm -hmm. and her being betrothed to who was that? The her aunt or she was just staying with her aunt Lisa. And her creepy son. Yeah, her son, right? Robin or whatever his name was. Was Sansa supposed to marry him or was she just there with him? She was supposed... She was kind of... Somebody else, I think, who had, like, soldiers and stuff. Uh I don't remember the last book super well. But I just love the part where she is, like, like, ordering his execution, essentially. And she's like, it takes me a while to learn. Mm-hmm. But I do learn. I was just like, Oof. yes. It was so creepy Sansa. how Littlefinger was obsessed with her mother and therefore was, like, obsessed with her because she, like, looked like her. He is one of the worst characters yeah. in that entire... Because there's something to be said for just outright brutality and awfulness, which was more... Um, what was the first king's name? The one who dies in the first book. Oh, Robert Baratheon. Roger? <laughs> Roger. (laughs) You know, whatever. He's particularly awful, but in a very outward kind of way. And a lot of the people we meet are awful in a very outward kind of way. And he's awful in a very insipid, quiet, creeping kind of way, which in my mind is almost worse because the ending tends to be more awful. Oh, Littlefinger is the... Um, Dolores Umbridge. Yes, mm-hmm. he is. Pulling the strings. Just yeah. Awfulness disguised with niceties his persona. and helpfulness. Yeah, exactly. His strength is his persona and being sneaky. 
Man, that's a good comparison. Mm-hmm. All right, enough of the Game of Thrones. Maybe we'll do another episode where we talk about Game of Thrones. All right, so what's our next topic? Okay, I never read this book, but I think you have, and I feel like we have to talk about it. Twilight. Yo, <laughs> so I rewatched the first Twilight movie yesterday with the Mo, <laughs> and yes, I've read the books multiple well not all of them multiple times but i've read the last one multiple times um so so, have you seen all of the twilight films i saw the first one and that was enough for me (laughs) here's here's the thing with twilight i understand why it was such a phenomena because i think in all of our hearts or at least teenage hearts i don't know that i feel this way anymore but teenage hearts you want to be that girl <laughs> who is different than everyone. Yeah. And there's just something about you. Why the, like, really cute boy yeah. wants Where you. everyone, like, you, you, have, you come across as plain, but really, there's just a beauty and a specialness about you that people just don't get. <laughs> exactly. Like, you're awkward. You're clumsy. <laughs> but he just really sees you. Right. And I think that really, you know, spoke to it. What I liked about it, especially the fourth book, is that it read like fucking fan fiction. <laughs> like, I remember reading the fourth Twilight book and being like, if this was fan fiction, this is what would happen next. And then it happened. <laughs> and I was like, yes, yes, I'm here for it. I'm on board. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Do I think the movies captured all of that? No. Okay, here's, <laughs> no, I do not. here's my question, though. Like, Twilight was such a thing when it happened. Are the books good? Like, do people read the books? People who are really into Twilight, you read the book and you think it's a good book. Or you're just really into, like, the Edward, what's-his-face thing. I don't think it's good like Harry Potter is good. I think it's good in the same way that I like like fan fiction and like trashy stuff in that it doesn't waste a ton of time on character development. Like there's not a ton of that. Um, it's like, it moves pretty quick. Development. That's like my, my meat and bones. It's a very good kind of thing where you turn your brain off, uh-huh. you know, like it's the same reason why I read smut. Like I'm not, Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> I got too gesturing. <laughs> gesturing too strongly. <laughs> I feel really Feeling intensely too about Twilight. Passionately. <laughs> it's not the kind of thing where I read it and I'm like, wow, this is great literature. Uh-huh. It it turns your brain off. The same reason I read Smut. It just It's fun. It goes quick. I detach. It's fun. Uh-huh. I'm not reading it thinking it's amazing literature. It's just fun. Yeah. And I think especially if you are not necessarily a very prolific reader like you don't read a lot i think it's really good to get you into reading like teenagers who maybe don't read a ton it's it's good for that do you think again i haven't read the books but i've heard things do you think it's problematic in terms of the way it portrays relationships literally me and the mo (laughs) were watching this yesterday and i i told her i was like you could just show this to a young girl and be like you see everything that's happening here? This is what you don't want in a relationship. This is the definition of toxic. Yeah. This is the definition of awful. This is it, like gaslighting and all of that. Romanticizing. You don't want this. Toxic. 
manipulative shit. Literally, it's horrible. At one point, he... Okay, let's start with the fact that he wants to kill her originally. Yeah. Like, that's his goal originally is to kill Why her. Why does he want to kill Secondly, her? Secondly, he... Because she's like his siren blood call or whatever oh. like he calls she calls to him why like nobody ever has before her blood's just special know. she just does yeah okay like, it sings to him i think they call her <clears throat> and again i'm not gonna lie i've read some twilight fan fiction so that's <laughs> of um, course. probably coming in here um but i think he calls her in the books her sing his singer if you will is it um, random her blood siren shit or is it there a reason for it that she is the way she is i don't is? think they ever explain okay. i mean his character in the books can hear other people's thoughts and he can't hear hers mm. which is also something that makes him interested in her it's Whatever. like a genetic so, mutation then yeah something <laughs> like that so he wants to kill her then he gaslights the shit out of her like completely he watches her sleep and then when he she finally figures out what he is he's oh my god he's like so we've killed people and she's like i don't care like you should care bitch like what the fuck (laughs) bella (laughs) so yeah he's super controlling i don't know it's you can tell that stephanie meyer is Mormon. Yeah. When you read it. Like, there's... They get married right out of high school, and it's, like, literally basically so they can fuck. Uh-huh. Um, and then, you know, she gets pregnant, and it's this whole thing, and yeah. 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 I mean... It's in no way, shape, or form what you should aspire to in a relationship. I remember watching the movie and just thinking, like, this isn't good. <laughs> It's not good. <laughs> we were like dying watching it yesterday. And it's so it hasn't aged well. It's pretty cringy now. Yeah. Well, and we were talking about. It, I was like, "Is the acting bad?" And I was like, "I don't know that the acting bad I just, is bad. I just don't think they had anything to work with." I think the writing with. is pretty bad. Yeah. I, I was like talking about Kirsten Stewart's portrayal of Bella and I was like I think I'm pretty it's pretty accurate to how she is in the books like she's not a very well fleshed out character well it kind of like bugs me how whitewashed they all are like the coloring in it we were talking about that yesterday too how everything's blue yeah it's so white and blue I also really hated in the movies how they didn't really talk about the other Cullens like they don't really talk about Rosalie or Emmett or Jasper and they actually have way fucking more interesting backstories than Edward does Mm. like Edward just died from the Spanish flu which is how I learned what the Spanish flu is (laughs) all right educating that up yeah um and that's pretty much it whereas like Rosalie has this whole like revenge saga when she becomes a vampire where she like kills her cheating husband which is awesome hi this is sarah from the future i just finished rewatching all of the twilight movies and i just want to point out that rosalie did not have a cheating husband she had a gang rape situation that she got um revenge for so i just wanted to include that because i thought it was important and Jasper fought in the Civil War, which is interesting. Mm. 
and Alice like had this whole psychiatric hospital like doodah going on and Carlisle's backstory is really interesting. I don't know. I just And none of those are in the their movies. Their characters Yeah, and like their characters don't really do anything in the movies. Yeah. It's me from the future again. Um, I also just want to point out that they did include some of those backstories in the movies. I just didn't remember correctly, but they were not all there. And I just think they're way more interesting than Bella and Edward. So how does it end? It ends with Bella becomes a vampire, doesn't she? Yeah. So she, spoilers, she has a baby. Some fucking how. I don't know. Um, And basically, it's a half vampire baby. So it basically kills her from the inside. So she dies giving birth. It, like, breaks her spine. Thank God. Yeah. And basically, yeah, he changes her after that. To save her. Yeah. Which the plan was always to have her become a vampire because basically the ruling vampires, the Volturi... Um, find out about her and are like, you need to turn her into a vampire or we're going to kill her because she knows about you. Um, so the plan was always to make her a vampire. It just kind of gets accelerated, if you will. So it ends with them just being a vampire family. Yeah, and they like fight the Volturi because the Volturi don't want her kid to exist. Yeah. The fourth book is a wild ride. So, but then the kid's allowed to exist? Yeah. Okay, here's... My next question then, her bait, like vampires don't age from when they become vampires, right? So what happens with the baby? Mm-hmm. Is the baby just a baby forever? So they, the baby ages really quickly in the fourth book, like way, 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 way faster than a human baby. And they're really worried for a lot of it that she's going to like age and die. Like it's going to be a really quick thing. Oh, she become like an adult? Um, and then they... Like a grown up? So... At the end of the book, she's, like, a child. Like, she is, like, elementary school aged or somewhere around Uh that. Um, And then they think she's the first, and then it turns out she's not. And they meet someone like her from South America, I think. And he's like, no, I'm, like, 300 years old. I reached a certain point, and I just stopped aging. Um, And how – so he's 300, but how old does he, like, come across? He was, like, a teenager. So there's no, like, no other vampires have babies, so they don't know what's going to happen? Yeah, so basically there's no way for, like, a human woman to survive Uh giving birth to, like, a half-vampire baby. So he was, like, raised by his aunt um, because his mom died giving birth to him. So it's a super rare thing. Crazy. Yeah. Man, I might, I'm going to be honest... I'm probably going to rewatch the rest of the movies this weekend. I was thinking about watching Twilight because I think it's on Netflix now. <laughs> it is now. You just have to accept it for what it is. <laughs> One of my like favorite TikTok accounts is this guy who reenacts. I follow him too. <laughs> yes, he reenacts like Twilight scenes where he'll like be Bella and all her awkward like hair tucking like moments and then he'll be mm-hmm. Edward and his like awkward staring and it's just amazing. My favorite is when people reenact the scene in the woods where she finds out what he is and he's like as if you could beat me oh my God. and he like does like how fast he is and how strong he is and people 
Oh my gosh, I live for those. Can I tell you, as someone who like didn't read the book, and I just randomly went to the movie theater to watch the movie, <laughs> maybe it's different for people who read the book, but the part where he's like, I sparkle in the sunlight, I was like, this is so fucking stupid. <laughs> It's so dumb. And I think later in the movies, they kind of abandon that idea because it's so fucking dumb. How could you be like an apex predator if you glitter in the fucking sunlight? And the part when Bella like climbs on his back and he's zooming around like a spider monkey. I was like, this is so stupid. Even when it It came out, I was like, this is so stupid. (laughs) Yo, it was so, that movie came out in 2008. Yeah. It's definitely a movie for people who've read the books. Like, if you don't, if you're not in the books, you're going to be mm-hmm. like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, it it is what it is. Um, it definitely birthed a genre of paranormal romance. Uh-huh. Um, I've read some, like, fun ones. There is one by, oh, God, what's her name? She writes... The big one that everybody seems to be reading is from Blood and Ash. What is her name? Shit. I can't remember. But she wrote... It's basically Twilight, but with aliens. Mm. And I loved it. Oh, yeah. We've talked about it it so much. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So, it's... I don't know. There's something to be said for that trope. There's definitely a trope of (laughs) the main girl who seems plain but she's really just an unappreciated beauty in a love triangle with two different boys and that's the crux of most YA novels yeah and can I just say I hate love triangles I hate them (laughs) yeah I mean I just I also I like it when it's like a secondary thing like in the Hunger Games it was very secondary uh I don't like when I was thinking about just like other things to talk about for today with these books where you have teenagers and tweens as the characters and then you have like 20 something year old actors playing them it's kind of weird oh my gosh that's like so I think we'll probably have to do another episode about this stuff because I have a lot more stuff on my Uh list Um, but that's my biggest gripe with Percy Jackson yeah because the characters in Percy Jackson are in their early teens. Supposed to be like 13 or something. Yeah. And the characters who played them were 18, 19. I hated that. I do think there is a big push in media lately to have a, like teenagers playing teenagers. I've noticed that more. It just gets very... When you have a book series where the audience is, like, 12-year-olds and then the movie is, like, 20-something-year-old actors, it becomes confusing about, like, who your audience is, who your characters are. It also sets weird expectations as to what you're going to look like at that age. I remember watching Smallville Mm -hmm. and thinking, oh, so that's what I'll look like. When I'm 16. That is not what I looked like when I was 16. Because that's not what 16 year olds look like. No. It's. Yeah. I don't know why. You can't cast. There's so many. I think good. Younger actors. That would make it. Interesting. And I do. They're doing better with it. I feel. Uh 
a lot of stuff when I've like looked up the actors actors recently, um, they've been age appropriate. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Oh, I wanted to tell you, I started reading the Harry Potter fac- fan fiction, All the Young Dudes. Did you? I'm really enjoying it so far. (laughs) I told you. I love that. Okay. In Harry Potter books and movies, Lupin, I get the impression that he's just kind of defers to everyone else. Mm -hmm. But in this fan fiction, when they're younger in Hogwarts for the first time, he's like this rough around the edges. He fights with everyone. He's lower class from an orphanage, whereas, like, James and Sirius are, like, upper class, like, pure blood. It's just, like, really interesting. I'll have to reread it. I haven't read it in the longest time. I do not remember what happens. Yeah. So I'll have to reread it. I like it. I'm into it. I was reading it on the plane, and I read... I'm still, like, pretty early on, but, yeah, I like... There's just little kind of shout outs to certain things like their prefect their first year is Frank Longbottom, which is like fun. <laughs> yeah. For everybody at home, All the Young Dudes is probably the most prominent Marauders fan fiction. Uh-huh. And it's also about half a million words. Yeah. It's 188 chapters. So if you want to read it, it's on AO3. Um, just... Beware. I sent it to Taylor. She asked me to send it to her when she listened to last time's episode. So Yeah, I like it so far and how Lupin in the fan fiction has dyslexia and he's from an orphanage, so he like is not uneducated, so he thinks he's not smart, but he's actually really smart and like in one of their potions classes Snape calls him like stupid essentially. And so that kind of shows why the marauders don't like him it's not so like they're evil and snape is a victim it's like mm-hmm. snape is an asshole too yeah they really i think in the harry potter books didn't address that enough as to why they don't like him yeah they just made harry's parent like dad seem like an asshole yeah and there's all these hints about like peter pettigrew just not being just kind of valuing the pure blood thing a little bit too much being classist. All right, I'll put it on my list to reread. Yeah, I'm enjoying it so far, but thought I would mention that because I was just reading it on the plane. I'm delighted mm-hmm. that you're reading it. Yeah. I'll pull you down into my little fan fiction, like, cave. Yeah, it's well written, and it's kind of like, at the beginning, it doesn't feel like you're reading a book. It feels like you're reading snippets of scenes. Okay, okay. Uh, all right, well, we've been talking for like an hour, so I guess should we do part two next Let's week? Let's do part two because I definitely have other stuff I want to bring up. As do I. I got to keep talking about the Percy Jackson thing. I have thoughts. I have that on my list as well. Excellent. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us from our absence, and we'll see you next week. Do all the things. All the things. Bye. Bye.